Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is March 25th, 2019. And ironically, it is Greek Independence Day. Uh, it's a somber day for me because it is exactly 12 years to the day that I lost my father, uh, who lost his battle to cancer. Um, and it seems like we're uh, celebrating our own Independence Day um, in tangent uh, with... Uh, a nation that gave birth to a democratic republic, uh, the idea of a democracy derived from Greece. So, uh, pretty, um, pretty odd, huh? Because everyone thought that March fifteenth would have been the deadline, the Ides of March, as they say, the day that is to collect debts, but it wasn't. So we got our Mueller. Investigation ending on Friday. Like I said, something huge was coming out. This whole weekend, our president spent time in Mar-a-Lago with uh, delegations from the Bahamas, St. Lucia, Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, and Haiti. I am pretty sure there's a lot of interesting things that are becoming uh, to light based on that. I am very excited to see what's coming out on that. So right now we have APAC in full stream. And, you know, Pence was a little bit heckled uh, when he spoke. Everyone loves President Trump. We've got Bibi in the house. He's meeting the president today. It's a pretty awesome day and pretty stellar. And everyone's celebrating. Everyone is celebrating the closing of this insurance policy called Mueller. But you know, guys, it's just started. This was phase one. Phase one of draining the deep state has just been completed. Indictments are coming now. We're going to have April showers like nobody's business. But before we get into details of what is to come, I thought I would take this first hour for people to kind of sit back obviously, reveling in this great time of, hey, fake news, hey, deep state, hey, fourth branch of the unelected government, your pants are falling. Before we do that, let's take a look at what's really going on. So we do understand that the election of President Trump was something... uh, that was almost vital to the survival of our civilization in general, of every man, woman, and child on this planet in general, if you see it from a macro perspective. And I'll tell you why. 
The president of the United States is looked at the leader of the world's largest economic, but largest military power. In a sense, a planetary power. Now, a term called planetarch is a Greek term for someone who is in charge of the planet. Okay, we don't have that word defined in the English language. I think we need to submit that to Merriam-Webster. I mean, the left constantly changes definitions. Why not introduce a real word, um, which, by the way, just so you know, most words are Greek-based. But anyway, um, I sound like my big fat Greek wedding, don't I? Uh, so true, though. Uh, so Planetarch, is, uh, uh, it sounds a little bit extra, but it refers to someone that is in charge of global developments, a force that uses its power to direct things. Now, one may say, is that Trump? It is any president of the United States of America, okay? Any president. Because what we are starting to realize is just how influential... I wouldn't say, you know how, how we voluntold, there we go, other countries throughout time to follow us. And we dictated these policies and made it look like we're cooperating, but we were the puppet master, right? And that comes with the territory. You've got a huge geographical piece of land, right? On the planet. You've got 4% of the world's population then there. You've got diversity, You've got an explosion in technology and industry. You've got one of the biggest militaries, you know, forces on the planet. And economically, you can crush anyone if you really wanted to. And think, we're actually one of the only countries that has multiple military installations across the planet. So, yes, every sitting American president, every single sitting American president would be referred to as a planetarch. But the thing is, the difference between President Trump and all the other presidents is that the other presidents would exploit our power to voluntel or forcefully direct other countries to abide and fall in line. So this is actually a very uh, dynamic relationship, and it's very significant if we look at the past on what kind of impacts it's done. Because basically, we've been expressing the governing powers we have and the force that we have against other countries on the planet in with one goal in mind, and that is, you know, world domination by way of one government, one nation covering the globe, obviously excluding China, because they'd never, never, ever do that. It is culturally a big no-no. So what we see is that we've had a, a big evolving financial crisis as the planetarchs of the past. And I would say puppet masters because they weren't really planetarchs. To be a planetarch or like in charge of the whole world, you have to be responsible and you have to be ruling with in good intent. 
intent of inclusion of all, intent of prosperity, intent of protecting and sanctioning life. Your intent depicts what kind of leader you are. And we've seen that our president on a national, on a domestic level, has promoted nothing but empowerment to the people, promoted for independence of the people, and has promoted life. This has spilled over to the other nations across. We've heard him many times again and again speak of how, you know, at the UN, of how all leaders should have their citizens proud of their nation, that they should be proud of the people they represent, that they should be promoting and embracing the people that put them in the position they are. He reminded them of what it is to be a leader. And this is very significant. This is coming from a man for the past almost three years has been under fire and two years under scrutiny of slander, libel, defamation. His life has been given a thorough colonoscopy and they won't stop on a global platform being belittled, being talked down about mocking him when all he's done is nothing but good. We have seen nothing that he's done that would say any different. He wants to pull out of war. Suddenly explosions happen. He wants to pull out of here. Oh, suicide bomber. He wants to help with Venezuela. Whoop. We're getting in on this. He wants to talk to this person. We want a peace. He wants to help with North Korea. Now we got the Chinese involved. And I'll get into that uh, later on in the show uh, where I will kind of walk you through an article that is, you know, handed over to Polyquads magazine. I am so excited for you guys to read it about China. So I'll walk you through that in the last half hour uh, in regards to how China plays into it and the rise of China. But what I want you guys to understand is this is a man that is loved by the people. And you need not look further than his base, his base, which is global, right? It's not just within the United States. It's global. And we're not talking about the, uh, the fans that cry, right? Because I've, I've met grown men who have been crying in his presence. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the people that so eloquently put their thoughts together when responding to a tweet, a Facebook post or anything, or their discussions about him. They're, they're good. For example, can you imagine how the left feels every time they see a parody meme go through? At last night I was up late cause one of my children is sick and, um, we were just, you know, looking at videos and we were running through meme videos. So we were watching like soul meme and, uh, you know, other media, you know, uh, other memes. And we were watching them and laughing. And my youngest, you know, who's sick said, mom, uh, you know, imagine how jealous they are because this is funny. Like they're literally making fun of the other side. And 
I don't think any president or any leader has ever been put forward like this, you know, like the Indian dance, you know, um, you know, victory dance thing that's been going around on Twitter and Facebook that was done weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, or even months ago, and now is being recirculated. But no one has ever embraced the president with so much love, so much so that they show the viciousness of the left, the viciousness of opposition with comedy. Because, you know, one thing that the Greeks had given us is tragedies and comedies and theater, right? And if you notice, their tragedies and comedies always, well, their comedies in general, would always take something tragic, something atrocious, and make you see it from a humorous perspective so that what? So that you're empowered. Because if you look at, it's like watching a movie. You can watch a movie that's all about drama, you know, somebody died and this and heartache and depression and this, and then they find a love and they feel better, you know, more and more drama. But you can have the same story in a comedy and you will relate to the drama better and you will be more optimistic in the future without hoping to fall in love with some stranger on a rock. Um, to if ever you come across that type of drama to overcome it. So think about this movement within people, the humor, the depictions, the cartoons, the memes, the mocking of the left and the media. Think of just how empowered we are. Think about it. And think how the deep state, the fourth unelected branch, the Soros clans, the globalists, the EU, the mainstream media, how they feel when they see themselves being portrayed exactly for who they are. Villains, liars, divisive tools, clowns. Just think how upset they are. And we actually don't care. So... Think a planetarch is the leader of a planet. And it's, you know, one must understand that it, when there's a, an evolving financial crisis, like the one that began in 1913, uh, in 1913, on the 24th of December, when they removed all tariffs and they gave us funny money, right? No more gold-backed currency. They gave us that funny money called Federal Reserve Notes. So we've been having an evolving financial crisis across the nation. A financial crisis, you would think, oh, yeah, what, businesses? It's actually supply and demand, keeping a uh, you know your country um, able to meet the needs of the people, and a, a power struggle. Because even though these nations have been dictated by the United States via force all these years, and not just the United States, I mean, our team is, the, the team that we had was pretty big, obviously, as you can see, because there was global cooperation in this attempt for a coup. And now this attempt to instigate a civil war, as we're seeing slowly brewing. So this has shown that the U.S., Throughout time has always, has never always been assured as the role model as the planetarch um, or the world's ruler, at least 
from the level of, you know, the managing the bottom up type consensus of power, because one power that nobody talks about that says the rise of China, China is already here. They're strong. They are a superpower. And that's the thing they're telling you they're not. They so are. Because as the left, uh, the left keeps propelling the idea of global unity and ignores the enemy of China, the more powerful they grow because their plan is not to dominate you. Their plan was never to take over the West by force. Their plan was to wait it out until we cannibalize each other. This is why President Trump is indeed a planetarch, because he's making that clear to the people of the world. Now, according to, there's something called the Paulson American Plan. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. But um, even at the level of intent, right, you never move forward without some sort of consolidation which would be an act to kind of put new financial rules. And hear me out on this. Right before President Trump was elected, this was the plan. The Obama administration had begun to create new rules on the financial systems. And that was through what we obviously see slowly with, you know, the... TPP, NAFTA, and um, then with the North American Union. So it's important that we understand that because what seemed interesting is is that their plan, uh, which is different and opposing to the EU plan, um, which was proposed actually by the British, believe it or not, um, provided more state control of financial institutions um, corresponding to the level of their public funding. Here's where I'm getting you guys to understand what President Trump has done and why this has been a global attempt to usurpate, uh, you know, usurp us basically and cause division on a global scale. This is why we have the global media attacking our president. This is why global players facilitated and, and contributed to this witch hunt because it was all about control. I mean, we all know that, but I'm trying to break it down for you to understand that for the first time, the, the president of the United States of America was indeed a planetarch embraced by the world because of what he stood for. And that should not be allowed because even when you are trying to take over the world and make it one with this new world order type thing, you're controlling population, you're controlling their food, you're controlling their healthcare, you know, socialism tactics, you still have to have one main driver. And that main driver was always the president of the United States. And now the president of the United States says, no, I, I don't want to play this. This isn't the way we succeed as a society or as a nation. We need to be proud of our roots. We need to be proud of our nations. And uh, we need to be empowered and want to contribute as individual countries to the whole rather than as separate and uh, as an entire entity. Because this is how you cannibalize yourself. 
We've seen it with empires in the past, from the rise of the Greek kingdoms, the Roman, the Ottomans. The, you know, they've come rise and fall. Egyptian, you know, you can't get greedy. See, and this is where the Chinese come in. They've been around for over 4,000 years, guys. And they've had their hiccups, but they're still standing because they learned that any dynasty, any leader that is in power that gets greedy causes them harm. Okay. And they're smarter. And President Trump sees that too. As a man who built a company, he knew when he should expand and when he shouldn't. How many failures has he had? He's had failures when he expanded too fast, when he went into things that he had no business going into. He says it himself. It's when we make bad choices because we feel like we must. And for now, the whole planet has been making bad choices since World War I, where they all decided to collude against the people of this planet. And the planetarch, the president of the United States, who created the Federal Reserve, who forced everyone into this funny money dollar to back their own country's currency, who has been guiding the economic, the um, social, and, uh, you know, every single facet of every single country on this planet, has always ruled by fist and control. And this is the first time we have a planetarch, because he indeed is. That is not to do this. He, instead of him ruling the world as a planetarch, he is understanding that he fulfills the role because of, by way of largest economic and largest military strength, right? But he isn't ruling them. He is merely an example, giving the handout to the other nations to come up there and meet him. And this is the scariest thing. Because that is exactly what a leader is. A leader isn't someone that has people following them behind them. And and th take it to this way. Like on Twitter, I really don't care if you follow me or not. I mean, great, you follow me. That means you like to see my content. But if you don't, that doesn't mean I'm any less of a leader. Because a good leader, right? And these are leadership skills 101. Doesn't want someone to fall behind and just follow orders they reach out their hand to make you a leader too. That's the only way we succeed. And right now we have a president on a domestic level handing his hands out to average Americans, making them all leaders through empowerment. And he's also reaching his hands out to other nations to empower them as well. And that's because he's made it clear there's only one real enemy of the United States, and that's China. And he's holding China really close, not because, you know, yeah, obviously keep your enemies closer, right? But it's because he respects them. Their plan is one of the best plans a country could have, even though it's oppressive, right? It's something that to us from the United States to us who have been raised in a Western civilization find inhumane, you know, the level of control, but there's a respect there because, you know, it's been time tested and it works. So what you have to understand is this global attempt to remove a sitting president to ensure he's not elected because you think these election machines and these buses, you know, busing people back and forth to different states to vote again and again, 
was just with U.S. money? Do you really think that? If it was so, then why is the global media so invested in what our president does? It was a global effort. Because if indeed right after, well, right after 2020, he is going to crash the global economy. He is going to cut the cord and bring back the gold back dollar. He is going to do that. They know it's inevitable. And he's giving them ample time because he let them know from that first speech he gave. And even from his inauguration speech, you got four years. That's plenty of time to start investing in your own people. He told them that at the UN. So what we must understand is that this has all been driven on a global scale. Holding people accountable like all of us would want, you know, go to jail. Like Comey's really reflective because he's going to be one of the first that's going to be heading um, down the perp walk trail. But what we have to understand is that this has been all well planned and it's all working correctly. Okay. What we need to know is that what really seemed to be the interest to their plan was not in the interest of the people. So our president is loathed by everyone on this planet, not because he's a bad man, but because he's a better man than any of them could be. And the envy has always been the downfall of China. And this is why China respects him because they've learned their lesson. You envy someone and strike with envy, you always lose. The Great Famine of China is just one example. I'll see you all shortly right after this break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with My Pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. Welcome back to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Gab at Tori underscore says. So, where I was at is trying to explain to you after this phase one, this Mueller investigation being closed on a global perspective where we are, we have to understand that as planetarchs, each president that has uh, taken the seat after uh, 1910 within the United States, um, has been able to maintain this leadership role on a global scale without competition. In essence, the leader of the free world, as they would say, would have no opponent, which is not true. We do have one opponent, but that opponent is all about defense. Yeah, I don't care what you do. When you crumble, that's where I take over because I'm the only one left standing, and that's China. So think about it. Even the EU, when they had their first brief as the European Union, we're talking like 50s, right? Uh, and they had the summit in Paris. They Nations at that time still concerned about this unidirectional course that most Western nations had taken um, were the fact that there was an absence of an opponent. And arrogant leaders, as they were coined then, but I would say they were conservative leaders, you know, wanted to address issues for each country separately. But that was quickly silenced. It must be on a global scale. We do not make decisions for our individual nation or our individual people. We make it as a whole. And those pro-globalization uh, and globalization being in a skewed format would say, yes. That's the way to go. We should look at the greater good. But so many philosophers throughout time have said, well, 
So we're always focused on just the greater good rather than doing the good for the one to make sure that in the future it is a good for another and another. Big, big concept here getting really philosophical with you guys because then now, now you understand where our president stands globally. He allowed this Mueller investigation to go forward even though he knew about it. He allowed them to manufacture, to structure, because like we've said, you cannot attack your enemy head on. I've done it before where you respond. It's kind of like trolls. If you respond, then they respond. And then you fall into this like catty school, you know, kindergarten level conversation. And then you're just like, oh my God, that's so not me. Why did they pull me? And that's the thing. Corrupt people will pull you down to their level because they can never reach where you are. So what the president did was allowed them to pull their pants down. So now we get into this Mueller report. So the report came out. Like I said, it was going to be a nothing burger. Like I said, there's a lot brewing. But everyone's focused on, oh, it doesn't mean he's exonerated. That's just wording of the deep state because Mueller knows he is so far deep into it. And he is really lucky that Barr is his friend because he would be the first like when he'd turn over the report, he would get cuffs on him immediately if Barr wasn't his friend. And like I've said before, Barr is as deep state as they come. He serves his purpose, though. Because you all have to notice that now the mainstream media is claiming that President Trump handpicked Barr, where no, Barr was another insurance policy for the deep state. He positioned himself using his clout and his career by saying, well, you know, President Trump is right. You know, he's been mentioning that. So he wanted himself to be seen. He wasn't too aggressive with it, you know, coming out on TV all the time, but he was there. He was making himself visible until his people made sure the president saw these subtle speeches, these subtle chime-ins. Because remember, our president isn't surrounded by friendlies. He's surrounded by enemies. Enemies that seek to believe that the role of the planetarch shouldn't be leadership. It should be ruling You know, you can't rule people. You can only rule slaves and subjects. Our president is a leader of people. Because he is trying to prop up every single nation. He is trying to help them come to the platform. So there can be global competition. There could be diversity and embracing it. They don't want this. He needs to rule. So remember, he is surrounded by enemies very closely. So I'm pretty sure he already knows his enemies from those that brought Barr to his attention in the first place. We need not look further than South Carolina of a derivation of such. I'm just pointing it out. So this Mueller report comes out, and the most important part of it is one paragraph on the last page. That, that paragraph tells you everything you need to know about timeline, about what is to happen, and how this is all planning out. See, 
a lot of people would be like, Tori, you know, a lot of people listen to your show and I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, deep staters and people you probably work for before <laughs> that are on TV crying, um, you know, are listening. And yeah, they are. There's so many people out there putting the same information. And the thing is, sometimes you beat your enemy by giving them subtle hints of what you're doing because sometimes that's how they mitigate, right? This is exactly what the Mueller report demand to see the report is about. We want to see it so we know what you've got on us so we know what to expect. But look no further than Comey's last two tweets. He's out taking the sights, going into the redwoods, hitting the Pacific Ocean, you know, taking in the sights. Because he's going to be one of the first sacrificial lambs. Remember, the report said, we will disclose the information to you. Other than that, which is an exempted, which is an exemption due to the rules of civil and criminal procedures. Any information related to criminal ongoing criminal investigations or any information relating to ongoing grand jury, you know, hearings or any information that will be in the future part of a criminal investigation or grand jury hearing will not be disclosed to you. I can tell you that that is about 95% of the information that will not be shown. So if we have a hundred pages of a full Mueller investigation, they're only getting five, maybe 10, let's say 10 pages of the hundred. The 90 are currently already used in a criminal investigation, active criminal investigation. And we know there are because varsity blues was based on a previous criminal investigation, right? Uh, that's still ongoing. And we have a lot of things in the grand jury. So many hearings on grand juries. Let's not forget Huber. Huber's not going to come out until about, I would say Labor Day weekend. That's where a big torch will be set Friday, right before Labor Day weekend. That is how I see it mathematically. And at that time, when his report drops, we'll have lost AG Barr sometime before that. I'm thinking maybe August time that the attorney general leaves. This is what I think. I could be wrong, but this is how I see it. And I'll tell you why. So we're going to have indictments start coming out, possibly the first one this Friday, but definitely April showers. And it'll all be like I said last week, and I kind of hinted, it won't be some crazy charges, but well, it will because you're actually charging these people. But it'll be indictments that could possibly lead to the impeachment of President Barack Obama. Now, all of us are excited to hear that. I am too. Remember, the House can impeach President Barack Obama, but will they? Yeah, they will. They will when Huber comes. Because here's the thing. You can't declassify the FISA application and the FISA warrants without indictments. Those cannot be declassified until you're ready to indict people. You can't indict Comey if you can't declassify the FISA. You can't, you know, indict Peter Strzok, Mueller even, or anyone if you don't declassify. You can't get Loretta Lynch. You can't get Yates. You can't get Rice. You can't get 
Supreme Chief Supreme Court Justice Roberts. So this is going to take time. The indictments that we're going to see are going to come from segments from certain specific segments. So even though a lot of us are anticipating a huge FISA just here, it's all declassified, take it and run with it. It's not going to happen. Because remember, like I said in the first half hour, this was a global effort. This declassification will pull the pants down of many nations across the globe. The United Kingdom will be kicked out into disarray. The European Union, Germany. I mean, that's if their people see it, but they will. Because, you know, even shows like mine, I actually am syndicated in Spain and Belize, believe it or not. I can't believe that I have a fan base in Belize. Um, They actually air my show twice in one day. India, Russia, (laughs) you name it. We're everywhere. Not just my show. But there's also the Q movement that a lot of people don't like. There's Twitter. There's other forums, right? So the people will find out. And that's something that they don't want coming out. Theresa May doesn't want it coming out. Remember, Theresa May, who mocked President Trump when he told her the only way you can remove your country from the EU is by suing the EU for what they did to you. And she laughed. She was like, I can't believe he told me to sue them. But yes, that is what a leader of a nation would do on behalf of their people. Right? That is what a leader of a nation would do to protect the interest of their people because their people come first. This is why they elected you, because you represent them. Right? So when we have someone in office that we've elected to represent us, but they do not represent our interest, that's actually kind of treasonous, right? That they would have foreign interests as opposed to yours. So FISA declassification, not going to happen if it's not coupled by indictments. And keep in mind, there will be slow declassification, probably hiding countries, but leaving hints um, for each and every indictment that's to come. Because we have to think process. You know, I'm I'm from New York <laughs> and, 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 you know, I can kind of relate to the way the president responds to things We're people, I think because of the pace in our city and the way we move and operate, it's always like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I want it done yesterday. I think that's a cultural thing from the city, right? Most city rats. Well, no, not, not in LA. That only happens in New York where we're running when you, you know, when, if you put people from each state walking along the same line, you know, together, the New Yorker will be like 20 million steps ahead while everyone's still walking. We want things done fast. And we're impatient, especially when we're angered and overrun with emotion. I need all of you to take a step back and understand that what he is undoing is a century worth of issues that have plagued our nation. It cannot be done overnight. But what he is doing is massive. He's it's like, you know, you've seen the movie where there's like um, a control room with like 20 million screens and the person sitting there and he's like operating each and every one of them. And monitor. that is our president right now, not only domestically, but globally. You have to be really, really careful, especially when other people are armed and, you know, your own people could get hurt. He has to be careful. So. This week, I expect um, an indictment to drop, probably like again on a Friday, um, and talk of indictments soon.
And the reason I say this is because of what John Brennan said um, right before my birthday. He was on, I think it was MSNBC. And he was expecting the Mueller report to come out on March 8th. And he himself said, well, he's probably going to deliver the report on the 8th of March because he wouldn't want it on the Ides of March, which is the 15th of March next Friday. You know, that's the day that you pay your debt. And so they were expecting it earlier, which means that they've been informed and they were told something. They were told their indictments because I don't think he would come out on, you know, global television and as the former CIA director and a John you were you're batting for the wrong you've always been batting for the wrong team but the thing is if you can put your moles your moles are also being mold you need to understand that the information that they've been receiving is like you know grapevine telephone so they were pretty sure that there's indictments in their right and the only person that got maybe the clear message is Comey Because the question will come as to why did you obstruct justice? Who instructed you from the DOJ, right? For him, it's going to be a big problem. You know, for him, it's going to be a big problem to what he did to General Flynn. He could be held accountable for that. So here's the timeline, guys. Between today and the 4th of July and the 4th of July, we will have a reign of indictments. And the reason I say that is because they've pushed out everything from Roger Stone to General Flynn. They've pushed it all out to July. So by July, there will be a reign of indictments. In June, we will start seeing tension between the Attorney General and the White House and the new FBI and the new intelligence community. There will be a lot of friction because there will be denial of wanting the OIG report to be coming out coupled throughout, you know, April, May and June um, with these indictments. Huber isn't coming out till Labor Day, guys. This is why I say, and this is why I'm telling you, this friction is going to have Barr removed because Barr, even though he's done his job correctly and according to law, you know, because he will never do something outside of law. Because how do you tell your friends, hey, I can't do this for you because it's unlawful. I'm not going to kill my career and kill my pension and kill my legacy, even though it's already been killed since the 70s. But anyway, for this, all of you can go down in flames. I will try my best, but I will follow the law. And if there's a loophole for him to find to save his friends, you better believe he will find it. But he will not sacrifice his name on it. He will help them, though, find the loopholes. That's true. So I foresee that by August, Barr is gone because he will refuse to prosecute on things that he was even implicated in. We're talking Iran-Contra. We're talking, uh, you know, Uranium One. We're talking Benghazi. I mean, I'm not saying he was involved in all of those, but he will not want that, and he will definitely not allow for the impeachment, retroactive impeachment of President Barack Hussein. 
Obama, which is something that will happen. And you know what? It's going to be the best fuel for 2020 because no one can disagree. So now we have the media doing exactly what we want. They are saying that Attorney General Barr was handpicked by President Trump. They're like, oh, my gosh, we loved him. Now we all hate him. Everybody listen to us. He's been handpicked. But how is he handpicked? Then they're going to say he's a hero. The same thing happened with Comey. We hate him. We love him. We hate him. Oh, my gosh. McCabe, same thing. Hate him. Love him. Hate him. Oh, my gosh. Rex Tillerson. They look so dumb. They have been discredited so much. You're hoping that they learn their lesson with this Mueller witch hunt. And they haven't because they're still perpetuating. They're still pushing it. I mean, the New York Post put a good article saying why we should all be glad that there were no Russians. How many Russians does it take to help Hillary Clinton win, you know, lose her election? None, because there were none. No Russians helped us. Yet she got help from the United Kingdom, Germany, other European Union states, the Ukraine, Russia themselves, China. Let's not get started with Morningstar Holdings and her investment in oil. She is dipped in black gold like nobody's business. People are not paying attention. So the media... Knowing all this, we'll just run with it and say, tell us what to do. Uh, Right now, they have no connections to know anything about what's going on. They are stalking your Twitter feeds, my Twitter feeds, everybody's radio show, everybody's blog. They're stalking everything for a piece of evidence because they're like, damn it. These citizens and these citizen journalists, these independent journalists are more tuned in to what's going on than we are because they have been severed on the what side, the seventh floor. This is their panic mode. So at this point, starting from the day that the report went out, you will start to see exactly where they stand. If they have not learned their lesson, they will fail. And they have already started to. Oh, it's not exonerated. We still have New York. And it's like, I don't know if that AG is going to actually sit out our term. You know, I don't know, guys. What do you think? Uh, De Blasio, you know, at APAC, nobody likes you. Everybody doesn't like you, no matter how many stories you tell about going to Jewish homes in Brooklyn, nobody likes you. Pay attention to what's going on and see just how the media has no idea what's going on. Like I mentioned last week, Jim Acosta has been tweeting a lot. Jake Tapper has been tweeting a lot. It's not retweets. They're actually interacting with people. They're starting to interact. Oh, and another thing, just so you guys know how subtle things tell a story. It was last week that I tweeted out a, a a tweet where it showed my Twitter and Scott Adams' Twitter. And I showed you guys through that tweet how my interface was different, how I only had two columns, how I didn't have the words, you know, at the top on my browser that says, you know, home moments, notifications and messages, that it was just symbolism, how um, the algorithm was different, how I was seeing other things. Well, guess what? That changed for me. Suddenly that algorithm is gone. Now I have three columns again. It's the traditional Twitter thing. So I was moved from one platform and moved to another. And I've been trying to see if anyone's tweeting out, hey, I've got a new interface on my Twitter. I don't see anything about it. 
So it's, it's important that all of you take a look at your Twitter from a web browser perspective because the algorithms on a web browser come out differently than they would on a phone. Maybe that's what they fine-tuned. Maybe they fine-tuned so it stays and looking the same, you know, changed a bit of code. But I can tell you that now I'm seeing the Krasserstein brothers again, whereas before I wasn't seeing them as much. So everyone is gearing up for what's to come. The media is now starting to play their partisan side. Um, They're starting to show exactly where they stand and your social media companies are too. And remember, they're both under attack now because what we need to do is hold them responsible for holding the United States as a whole hostage with what they already knew was a false narrative was an insurance policy and more so a policy for them to eradicate, destroy, and sever ties and connections for other crimes, which didn't work because by the time Mueller was appointed, we had already gotten in there. We only needed, what, 24, 48 hours to get working. If you have it, we have it. And that's the problem because people, for some reason, believe that the NSA which is really a bunch of intelligence community elements, right? Not really one agency. It's just a collective. It's kind of like saying, you know, legumes. You get beans, you get kidney beans, you get broad beans, right? So legumes, right, is a category. Just understand that. It's like a category. So what you need to understand right now is that these category, this category, the, na- the the National Security Agency, is a is made up of a group of seventeen intelligence community elements, and within those seventeen intelligence community elements, there are elements that have existed and since been terminated. You know, like groups, kind of like projects. Make sense? So we already have everything we need. And when you have everything you need, all you do is sit back and wait for them to expose it. And remember, the ultimate goal here is not just fixing our federal government from State Department, FBI, CIA needs to go, period, and leadership and elected representatives. But it's to hold accountable those leaders that have caused such disruption. I'm thinking, why stop at Obama? Let's also impeach, you know, uh, 44. Let's impeach 43 and 42 and 40, you know, yeah, 44, 43, 42 and 41. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. All of them. After this next break, we'll talk more about more narrow scope on what to expect this week and next week. Stay tuned.
small town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mounds get steeper, and grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there. Welcome back, host. Have a great show. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to... Tori says, for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So we had uh, another wave stream coming in while I was going live. Lots of fun. Funny how these technical difficulties always come when the proof is in the pudding. Always in the second last, uh, the second hour of the Tori Says Show. Remember, always you can follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. Now, I had a barrage of messages come in. All of them had the same thing. Why aren't you fired up today? Guys, I'm not angry anymore. It's done. Phase one is complete. This is where I don't need to sit here and gloat because I knew it was coming. I told you guys last week that the report was coming. I tried to tell you what indictments are coming. It's all done. From here on end, it's just party, party, party. But what I'm, I do is not do what everyone else does and that's give you that superficial short-term uh you know montage of ah look we were right we already knew you heard me saying it for how many months that i've been on this radio station you know angry upset and excited this is me you know when you're past angry you you guys you know like when you're in a fight with someone and you're just like Grah, and you're foaming at the mouth and then it's that moment where you're just kind of like okay and you smile that's when you're beyond angry that's when you're like all right now I'm serving it to you right I, I, that is where I'm at now this is where okay I had my gloat period and that gloat period for me was all last week because I knew it was coming um, and putting it out there in every nice way. Now I'm going to hold, you know, you guys by the hand and tell you, Hey, you know, when you're excited about something, you know, it's kind of like a honeymoon period. You're going to fall down real quick if you're not getting what's going on because this, you have to understand 
And even though that there's conservatives out there, they're like, ha, I totally love the memes, totally love it. I'm like reveling into it. Like if I could just bathe in a bathtub full of these amazing memes that have come out of ha, you were liars, ha, you got caught, ha, nothing burger, then when things aren't happening in a punch mode, I'm going to be upset. Okay, guys. So like I said in the previous hour, right? Right now, we are heading into uncharted territory. This has never happened in history. In history, there's never been a global... Well, there has. I mean, we got rid of Gaddafi and whatever, but that was through war. It has never been done through information wars. But at the same time, coupled to bring in empowerment to people globally, this man, as a planetarch, took the role of planetarch, the traditional one, which is ruling, ruling, and switched it up to leadership, leadership. This has fueled the world with faith, with love, with hope. So where I was going with that, with the whole greed thing. So... I have written this incredible, and I took it on a different, for Polyquans, I wrote this article about the rise of China. Now, everyone's going to talk about AI, and I was going in that direction completely. I, w- I had written, you know, over 1,200 words that I have proofed over two weeks daily, and I deleted all of it. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going to tell the people when And how China is not rising. It's already risen. It is the superpower and why our president is making us an even bigger one. See, we are a superpower by the traditional notion that we've got military, we've got money, we've got resources and people. China also does too. But the thing that China doesn't do is push against the other nations. They just sit there. Remember, our president said it best. I asked President Xi, hey, I mean, you weren't paying anything. I mean, you were putting tariffs like it was 20 percent. Then you raised it to 25 and you didn't think to be like, hey, that's not fair. Why did you do it? He said, because they let me see. This is the art of war. This is how you rise up against your opponent is by letting them shoot themselves in their foot. And our president understands that. This is why from day one when he was sworn in, and remember, he almost wasn't sworn in. He almost was not sworn in. And this is why I say the prize is going to be the impeachment of Barack Hussein Obama. Because You calling them out for, hey, who is Barack? Hey, Bertha, you're a conspiracy theorist. Well, next time someone tells you Bertha, you say Russia collusion. That will be the time where we will 4th of July harder. So I'll tell you what is really going on by playing you a clip. Sorry. Sorry about that manual difficulty there from uh, the joint conference that uh, press conference that our president just held with um, BB. I'm only going to play two minutes of this and I want you guys to listen to his words and understand that this first full hour that we had was leading up to this 
that that you're going to understand what I've been saying. It's my honor to welcome Prime Minister Netanyahu to the White House. He's a very special man. He's done a great job. I want to begin by expressing our condolences to the Prime Minister and the people of Israel for the horrific Hamas rocket attack on Israeli homes this morning, which wounded seven civilians at least, including numerous children. Our prayers are with our friends in Israel as they carry out an incredible way of life in the face of great terror. The United States recognizes Israel's absolute right to defend itself. The despicable attack this morning demonstrates the significant security challenges that Israel faces every single day. And today I am taking historic action to promote Israel's ability to defend itself and really to have a very powerful, very strong national security, which they're entitled to have. In a moment, I will sign a presidential proclamation recognizing Israel's sovereign right over the Golan Heights. The state of Israel took control of the Golan Heights in 1967 to safeguard its security from external threats. Today, aggressive action by Iran and terrorist groups in southern Syria, including Hezbollah, continue to make the Golan Heights a potential launching ground for attacks against Israel. Very violent attacks. Any possible future peace agreement must account for Israel's need to defend itself from Syria, Iran, and other regional threats. We do not want to see another attack like the one suffered this morning north of Tel Aviv. All right. So that's all I wanted to play on that. Did you guys hear the words he used? What have I been saying? What does a real leader do? A real leader gives their hand to prop up another nation. And what President Trump was saying is that I recognize their right to protect themselves. I recognize their right to national security. That is something that the United States has not done for at least a century. It's always not been the right of each individual country to protect themselves, but a collective of countries protecting each other. Uh Uh-huh, right? So this is why he is loathed. This is why he was attacked. And this is why this was a global attempt, a global facilitation and fueling of this coup. And now they're trying to fuel a civil war. And this civil war um, is taking on emotions. Remember, they've been pandering to our emotions. This is why we're seeing an increase in Muslim attacks, Christian attacks, because you know what? Religion is always a factor that people are very strongly invested in. And unfortunately, it's an imbalance because Christians are not as fanatic, um, prone to be fanatics as, you know, the religion of Islam. So this is going to be pretty funny to pan out. But this is what I wanted to say on a global perspective. And we have Scott Adams joining me. Welcome, Scott, uh, to the Tory Says Show. Scott Adams comes to us from the Scott Adams Show. Um, how are you doing this morning, Scott? Hey, Tori. Can you hear me okay? I'll yes, I can hear you today. perfectly. Great, great. 
Yeah, you know, I was just listening to uh, Pence's speech over at, um, that he gave at APAC today. It was phenomenal. Uh, so that was kind of an incredible thing. But you know what? I was also listening to, um, to uh, uh, Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham gave a very peculiar uh, press conference today. Made himself out to look like a president. That's number one. Number two, at the tail end of his press conference, most people overlook this, but I didn't. And he basically wants to have a meeting with A.G. Barr to open up another special counsel. And I've been putting out a warning that, you know, if it looks like a white hat, if it looks like a black hat, it doesn't matter what disguise this new special counsel request will look like because he's going to try to trim it down and make it look like now it's our turn to kick back and fight back against, against the deep state by opening up our own special counsel. But that's a wolf in sheep clothing. That's basically another way to obstruct because the Mueller was shut down. That special counsel was designed to obstruct. That's why Q was talking about blockades. Well, now you got uh, Lindsey Graham holding a special press conference and indicating that he would like to see another special counsel. No matter who comes out and says something about a special counsel that could go against Hillary Clinton or Uranium One or Email Gate or anything that looks like it's good, it's not good. It's just another special counsel that can dig into other people's business and actually work as a blockade as soon as the D-class and the Huber uh, investigation starts to reveal itself. Well, yeah. Um, you know what, Scott? Uh, it's funny you said that because I told everyone in the first hour, watch out for South Carolina. Watch out to what comes because they need another plan quick. Because uh, like I shared with you this morning, I believe that we're going to have April showers of indictments and the FISA declassification uh, slowly being declassified. So we'll only see a couple of sentences for each indictment, right? Until we finally have it to the full picture, right? Because we need to keep our foreign relations steady too because they're in a lot of turmoil and we don't want to burn bridges we don't really have to um but uh, like i told my audience that if we see anything coming out of south carolina that's where it's going to come from and you know i kind of think that uh pence fell a little bit flat for me um i know that he was trying to empower but you know President Trump hasn't announced Trump-Pence 2020 yet. He just said Trump 2020, right? So it could be his mm-hmm. his signaling, because I've said it in that meeting where they were talking about the 25th Amendment, in that creation of the anonymous op-ed in the New York Times, Mike Pence had a hand in that, and he was present. So that is my my opinion um uh, from uh, not opinion i would say my derived fact how's that from things that are evident and you're right lindsey graham is going to hit the ground running um with this false you know um sword that he's pulling out because well yeah and, and, labor day and is going to be the day republicans republicans like there was a lot of republicans i knew i heard them when when uh sessions and then uh Whitaker, all came out with the uh, Huber. And I know several people that were actually whining and complaining. They were Republicans. They were whining and complaining about uh, not getting a second special counsel. 
And I said, no, that's a good thing. Huber is a good thing. Huber is a control. You can control that, right? That's not a special counsel. That's not autonomous. That doesn't have its own heartbeat. That can't, you know, that's not a, a counsel that can be completely independent and move on its own footing. And that's the problem with the special counsels, especially, and, and you know what uh, Lindsey Graham said too? He said that he respects Mueller. He said he would be happy getting someone just like another Mueller to go after. But don't be fooled because he, what he's talking about is now going after Hillary or going after Comey or going after, you know, the people we don't like. But that's a disguise. That's a ruse. That's basically a way to just set up another autonomous, uh, independent investigation that can block uh, that can actually block the investigations that we already have data on. The whole declassification, and like you said, it's going to be April showers. Trump's going to have to come out of the gates hitting hard. He's going to have to come out hard and aggressive and fast. He's going to have to get in that lane, and he's going to have to do some serious damage uh, before people like Lindsey Graham, you know, manipulate another system. But I'm afraid, what I'm worried about is there may be several Republicans that are going to come out of the woodwork and advocate. It's not several. It's the seven kind of routine. Yeah, but it's the seven that I've been talking about. This, the minute we, to my listeners, the minute you see the same seven Republicans that I've mentioned, these establishment people throw their weight behind um, Lindsey Graham, you know exactly who it is. Do you think, honestly, though, Scott? If we know it, the president knows it. That's the thing. People don't get it. And I think, you know, for some reason, Lindsey Graham is under the impression that, you know, the president doesn't know his plan. We're we're not going after Hillary Clinton. We're not. She isn't. This is this is not the way you do things. You do not probe someone. You probe a crime. And these crimes are self-evident. So you don't even have to do it. So what he's saying of we're going to go after them. It's our turn. Our turn already started on the day he swore in. We needed 24 hours to get all the information we got. And like I explained to the listener base, the NSA, there is no that there's 17 intelligence community elements that within themselves have hundreds, if not thousands of separate intelligence community elements, Uh, some that have been terminated, some that have been revamped scrubbed whatever we have everything we need the president knows everything so this is all just to get the public on board with him you know what i'm saying scott because this is yeah this is what they want and i'm glad you brought it up because that is exactly what what i was been saying what q has been saying is that the the special counsel was the blockade and another special counsel would act exactly as the first special counsel, as a blockade. But there's going to be many Republicans that are going to be duped by, you know, wanting that revenge and wanting to, you know, like wanting to get a special counsel that's looking in the other direction, you know, toward the evil players in the deep state. But that would be the biggest mistake to buy into that ruse because that's nothing but a ruse. The special counsel has a special privilege that they can be completely autonomous and they can dig into anything that they want. Just look at Ken Starr and Bill Clinton. You know, it was Monica Lewinsky wasn't part of the investigation, but it ended up that Monica Lewinsky was the biggest part of what Ken Starr was actually uh, going into. 
Well, she was supposed to be whitewashed. She was a victim of rape. So, you know, her coming out was actually, you know, I really believe that, that she was a victim of rape and they used that against her. You know, they found out what was going on and they empowered her to speak just to draw distractions and do it differently. It was a different target. People are starting to see that. But, you know, Scott, uh, during my uh, first break, I got a, a, a total of 20 six messages and then a 27th um of hey why do you have such a somber tone why aren't you excited and it's like dude it's over it's over for them now we revel in it and you know we're walking them through like we're gonna start seeing indictments coming out on people that drove the the message for example we're gonna see stormy daniels come back into the picture right we're gonna see uh yeah, well, kavanaugh by, and, and by the way just just if, just fyi um Michael Avenatti's been indicted. I just saw that <laughs> message too. And I, this is what I was telling everyone. But this is this is a ploy. This is what we need to understand. This is a yeah. ploy. Because like all of us who are excited, ha, we told you, we told you, you know, on that high, they're feeding that high with uh-huh. BS indictments. We really don't care about Michael Avenatti. He's a loser. He's a pawn. Yeah. He's like right. low level in the whole mafia, right? We don't care. We don't want right, your right. pawn. We right. want the bishop. We want the rook. We want the queen, right? And then the king. We want impeachment of 44. We want impeachment of 43. We want impeachment right. of 42. Well, we got impeachment of 42, so and that's what not... You said, what you said, go after the crime, not the people. You know, they, they addressed that in the committee hearing. Right. When Jim Jordan, um, you know, and that's what concerns me sometimes about Jim Jordan. I think his heart's in the right place, but he doesn't have a legal mind. He's not a, he's not a real strategist. But um, a lot of what goes on, so he's talking about what's behind that redaction. Is, it, is that a person's name? Because we don't go after people. And he's right there, though. He's exactly right when he said that. And basically that was, you go after the crime, you get the people. You don't go after the people. Yeah, no, you never go after the people. If you go after the people, you're asking to, to, to be exposed. Anytime someone yeah. comes after a person, it's done because they're emotionally invested. You need to focus on the crime no matter how angry you are. And I'm speaking from experience, right? And how you don't feed the emotion, <laughs> right? You don't feed the emotion because in the end, it all comes out. In the end, it all comes out. Why did you create this dossier? Emotion. Why? Because you're scared. Why? Because they got the goods on you. It all comes down with the why, why, why in the probe of the crime, which was this dossier. It's all going to go skinny all the way back. By the way, did you see the um, did you see the Twitter, uh, the tweets coming out of Comey? Uh, What? What? You mean the water and the trees? Yeah. Well, like I I actually told everyone that those tweets are indicative that he is the sacrificial lamb. He is telling them, I'm okay with taking the hit. I'm okay with going down because it is a greater picture. He is telling them, I'm all right. I'll stand tall. And hopefully there's blue curtains at Gitmo. So, (laughs) you know, he is taking in the sights because he knows it's a matter of time, right? That's basically what he's doing. But he's also telling them, you know, that, that it's his turn. Geological time. Do you know what that means? You know, people need to understand the reference to that. As a scientist, I could tell you that it's how we uh, see how sturdy a piece of rock is uh and 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 the layers of time and investment that happened to get to the crust so what he's saying is well i'm the crust and i'm not going to make the foundations fall that is what that message said people need to understand crypt 
phraseology better and what words say, you know, just like, you know, so many questions. Yeah. His questions are, you know, how do I take this on? How do I derive this? Somebody give me some guidance on this. And, and, and this goes, but you go. I thought that the timing of it was telling as well, because I've been saying since, you know, since I can, I can't even remember that once Mueller shuts it down, that's it. Mueller was the blockade. Q was right when they picked up on that. And, and that was that Mueller was the blockade to the D-class and to the, what, whatever Hebrew was digging up. And a lot of those um, backroom deals, you know, like, again, Republicans would complain. Why, doesn't, uh, why, why can't we have these interviews out in the public? Because you can get a lot more information in private. And these sealed enclosures where you have these backroom committee hearings uh, to where the other people can't hear, can't see. So Mueller was in the dark. And like you were saying on my show today, uh, Mueller, Mueller wasn't even really investigating this stuff. He doesn't know hardly anything about a lot of what's been going on because he's not had access to it. He's not had access to everything because he needed uh, he needed to, he was he was on a scope. You know, like you were talking about, Mueller was an inferior officer. His, he had scope. You know, he was, he was put in a box. So he was limited as to what he could do. And a lot of what was coming out, if it was revealed, he would have then been entitled to go after and dig in. And he didn't because he didn't know. And he didn't have access. That's why now you're going to have this D-class. You're going to have the Huber subpoenas, indictments, a whole ball of wax. You're going to start to see a lot more indictments, and you're going to be like, "Wow, this is getting to be a trend." Well, and again, well, we're going to see timing of what Comey did is very telling. It's very revealing as to the significance of Mueller shutting it down. Well, yeah, I, and and I said that even in his tweet, I translated his tweet when he threw out the geological time, yeah. you know, and his questions or his questions to his cabal friends, like tell me what direction I should go into. Like, I'll just plead the fifth. Like, what do I do? And so he's taking in the sites, the sites that he hasn't seen and trying to get ready for what's to come. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I'm of the belief and I, and I've said this, that because our president is not your traditional planetarch, you know, and you know, the one that rules with the fist that rules with their power, but one that actually props other leaders up to meet with him. Uh, this is making him panic. And today he just, you know, while I was on air, he proved my point with his speech with Bibi, where he's like, I recognize that other nations have the right to national security. I recognize that their right to sovereignty. I recognize that they should be able to defend themselves. That is something that has not been recognized for at least a century. It's always been, how do we all protect each other? Excuse me. Right. And that goes hand in hand with, uh, I think, the Trump doctrine, which is uh, that every country ought to look at themselves as first, you know, because that's what you want. You know, you that's a more predictable world, by the way, when when you're not behaving like a snake where everybody's sort of scratching each other's back. But then on the same day, they could stab them in the back. That None of that. If, if, if you kind of <clears throat> if you know where your adversaries hard is you could pretty much predict what the next move is going to be uh, but when you're in with a bunch of snakes you can't 
because you don't know who's in bed with who. Right. And, and, and you know what? I wanted to say, and I'm not going through commercials, by the way, while I have you on, because this is really exciting. And it actually proves what I've been saying for the first full hour is that, um, you know, like Avenatti, right? He is being what? Indicted for extorting Nike. Right. He blackmailed them. But now that he's under an indictment and he's being investigated for criminal investigation, guess what else comes out? Stormy Daniels. Disclosures. Yes. Disclosures. The victims that got money that came out and said that President Trump did all these horrid things to them. Where'd that money come from? Oh, hey, Senator so-and-so, how you doing? Hey, Congressperson so-and-so. Hey, staff. That was the thing. There was a lot of money laundering going on through crowd justice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what people need to understand is that this is how you deconstruct. You don't go for the jugular. When you want to take a giant out, you don't go strike him in the chest or in the heart. You take away his fingers and his toes so he collapses under his own weight. And this is exactly what we did. We took the pinky toe, which is Michael Avenatti. You snip the Achilles. Yes. You You snip the Achilles. Well, that's a one blow. Right here, we're torturing it down because there's so many facets, <laughs> you know, I, like I've been tweeting out Morningstar Holdings. Guess who else has an account through them? Yes, you guessed it. Avenatti. They have over thir- 3,500 companies linked and all those companies have links with China. Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia. And this is why the crown prince has been striking down his own. Keep it in mind, right? Germany. The crown and almost every single person that has been an establishment that has been in Congress or Senate for over four years. Blumenthal, Pelosi, Hoven, um, Schumer, de Blasio, dang Dick, Blumenthal. Okay. Dang, Nick. Dang, Dick. <laughs> so they all have Dang Clinton. Clinton. There's four different accounts with the word Clinton under Morningstar. And Morningstar is a very nefarious word, isn't it? What does Morningstar yeah. refer to, Scott? Do you know? Uh, Lucifer. Go ahead. Lucifer. Yeah. He was Morningstar. Yeah. And so we need to, yeah. And Comey has accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Comey has accounts. And it just so happened that he met with the Bahamans, with the Bahaman delegation, Jamaica, St. Lucia, which has a majority of those accounts in their vicinity through there. Uh, Like um, Dominican Republic. You know, Haiti. Oh, wouldn't you have liked to have been a fly on the wall at Mar-a-Lago? Oh, my gosh. That's what I was saying. I am so excited to see what comes out. Because if you notice, the only video that we saw that came out that the president tweeted, you could see their faces. They were all serious. And they were being wined and dined by the president. And you know what else is cool? Is that when he had he joined, like, this fundraiser, Republican fundraiser at Mar-a-Lago, he didn't even say a word about the Mueller report. He didn't even mention it. Right. Because like right. like him, that's what I'm trying to tell everyone. There's no point in getting excited. I already knew. It's just like, oh, look, I win again. <clears throat> well, you know what else is exciting, Tori, is when you start to see the declassification, one of the uh, stumbling blocks for the declass that they were arguing was that this would jeopardize, you know, sources and methods and some of our five five eyes partners. But with what's going on with Brexit and Theresa May not, you know, basically cooperating with the United States at all, pretty much making it uh, laughing at Trump 
because Trump recommended that she sue the EU. Um, at, at the end of the day, Trump was right. She should have sued the EU. She would have had more leverage. She has no leverage. She was a miserable failure. And at this moment in time, you got New Zealand and, and uh, you got uh, Australia with Alexander Downer. You got uh, Robert Hannigan with GCHQ and Christopher Steele with MI6. And basically the British intel that's been trying to, you know, comp- make, a, make it very complex with our relationship with Russia and all the poisoning that they've been doing. So when, you, when it's at, when, at the end of the day, Trump understands that the Five Eyes has been exploited by using these international uh, spies to, you know, spy on Americans and it's just to get work around a loophole. So you better believe that these, this declassification is going to help enhance the Brexit deal and you're going to start to see a bilateral uh, trade negotiation happen. You're going to see the collapse of, Brex, uh, of the um, remainers and the deep state within Britain. And uh, I think that this is also going to allow Trump to revisit, revamp, and completely restructure our five-eye agreement. Okay, so I want you to... revelation. Right, but see, this is... I actually just uh, wanted to shift a little bit. So CNN, yeah. obviously, it's, it's, it's a horrible day for them. With Michael Avenatti being arrested, they know that the <laughs> House of yeah. Cards is coming because they didn't go for the top to destroy it. They went to the bottom, bottom, you know, the bottom feeders. Um, Jake Tapper just tweeted out, if you're in crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Here's where we're going to talk about an article that I pushed out yesterday that hasn't gotten a lot of traction. So I would urge everyone to retweet, retweet and spread it. It's about um parkland okay so this is why i'm saying this yeah. i actually retweeted jake, jake tapper's hotline and tagged avenatti and i said please call the suicide hotline number um <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing let's shift it a bit guys we need to start paying more attention um you know that alex jones is currently in the lawsuit about sandy hook right They're actually suing him. And um, I personally am not going to say anything on that except for I know Alex Jones in the end will win. Done. That's all I have to say on that matter. Now, I'll draw your attention to the Parkland shooting. Here's some funny stuff that came up. So we know the Parkland shooting happened in February of 2018, right? It's been over a year and we still haven't seen body cam footage of over 30 police officers at least. Right. We haven't seen any witness testimony. The initial um, interviews from students that were out have been scrubbed off the Internet completely, especially those that claim that there were multiple shooters. One of them was very specific, saying there were three of them. And I'm trying to garnish her identity. Maybe uh, we should get that in the Chan board and say, can anyone locate who this chick is? You know, Um because three out of uh, there were three specific individuals that claimed that there were multiple shooters, two of them have committed suicide so far. Now, the reason I say this is because now a father of a child that was apparently killed at Sandy Hook also committed suicide. Trend or what? And so the reason I'm saying this is because I want us to focus on Parkland. So we've got Broward County, the most corrupt area you can ever imagine. The sheriff has been fired, right? Just recently fired by Governor DeSantis. Deputies have resigned, right? Completely. Um, 
the press in Florida has sued Broward County for not giving video footage, um, pictures, uh, testimony, witnesses, you know, in, in interviews, everything. They haven't handed over a thing. A court has finally put their feet to the fire saying, dude, there's no show to cause here. You need to reveal some things. You can't just keep telling them, oh, it's under investigation. It's been a year. The guy's already locked up. What's the investigation? So their feet are put to the fire. And suddenly we're seeing the Florida, Florida's legislation actually led by a Republican called Tom Lee pushing a bill (laughs) to bury any evidence regarding any murder or suicide pictures, body cams, which means what? No accountability for the government, no reporting on mass shootings, no telling the people what happened. This is incredible. So it's like all of this is to suppress any information that was collected. And then here's the cherry on top. The two children that took their lives, one on St. Patrick's Day weekend and now this weekend. So within a scope of 10 maximum days, two witnesses that were subpoenaed by the defense to be interviewed, the defense of Nicholas Cruz to be interviewed, have committed suicide. Not only that, the defense on Friday in court, the defense attorney for Nicholas Cruz, who supposedly shot everybody up, right, said, why is the state's attorney not giving me body cam footage, interviews, names? I can't interview anyone. People aren't showing up. They're dead. They moved. Like, how am I supposed to defend him if they're not giving me discovery? They're not complying with discovery. And there was a heated argument between the defense lawyer and the judge. So this is something of national concern because no matter how much we want to hate Nicholas Cruz, we have to remember that the first person that took their life was the woman that said that girl that said that she was in the hallway with Nicholas Cruz while there was shooting going on. She's on video. I've put the video in my article and she said he was confused and, you know, distraught. And I was like, you know, if anyone did anything crazy, I assume it's him because, you know, he's always had a troubled past from middle school, she said. So it's like, what is going on here? We've got suppression of evidence. I mean, forget Vegas. We're never going to find out what happened there. That's out in the West. The Democrats control it. But what's going on, Scott? Think about it. Now we've got Sandy Hook parents committing suicide. Really? What do you think about this? Well, they're not committing suicide. No, I think it's a cover up. And you know what? Thank goodness um, that DeSanto became governor there because he's already focused on Broward County, cleaning up, you know, the corruption and voter fraud, uh, getting rid of Scott Israel, you know, who is definitely a corrupt, bad, dirty cop. Um, But, you know, you're looking at a situation in Broward that, you know, this is Debbie Wasserman Schultz country right there. And uh, obviously, this was a cover-up. I mean, you could look at it from, you know, the way the whole thing was staged in the aftermath of that event and how they tried to uh, do, you know, exactly what they achieved with Podesta in New Zealand recently. It didn't take them 72 hours before they started confiscating guns. I mean, that's New Zealand. That, that's not going to fly here in the United States. But that's what they were trying to do. They had one rally after another. They didn't care about the loss of life or the event or anything of the tragedy. What they were concerned about was gun legislation. And the person that was putting all that stuff up was the same person that uh, choreographed the Women's March 
we've seen how pro-Islam uh, that has become, right? I mean, that that's just a, a crazy uh, uh, thing there with regard to uh, the Women's March, right? But uh, anti-Semitic group there. But the same person that put that event up and got those kids a cover uh, photo shoot on the Time magazine is exactly the same person that actually was the casting director for several shows in Hollywood. I mean, you take a look at these kids and they all look like they're right out of central casting. Well, all I could say is uh, for, it for those... Like a, it seemed like a strategic operation. Right. For those listening, I just um, retweeted the article and I forgot one key factor. You want to hear the creepiest factor? So, you know, the girl that committed suicide last weekend, right? Not this one that just passed because the one that just passed was a male. The girl that committed suicide last weekend, Sheriff Israel, the sheriff that was fired by Governor DeSantis, held a GoFundMe for her, has an active GoFundMe for her after she committed suicide for her mom and had raised at the time over $73,000. Like, this is insane. And then they go on the record saying, oh, we're family friends. First of all, you can't be friends from school because that girl is three years younger than Sheriff Israel's kids, first of all. Second, that shows some connection here that I'm not really you know, getting. So what people need to do is start asking questions. Why is there legislation being pushed to suppress evidence and hold government or law enforcement accountable? Why? What is this? An epidemic? Is everybody catching about a suicide now that there's lawsuits? Because the other interesting, I was just going to say, I was just going to say that Alex Jones was actually, is actually actively in court with the parents of the, of the Sandy Hook shooting. And that guy just committed murder, um, suicide, sorry, not murder. He suicided himself. Let's just say that. So now that they're in court, suddenly everyone's committing suicide as they're coming to testify. What's going on here? You you were saying, I'm sorry. Right. No, that, no, no, I, I, you know, um, the thing about it is, too, that what's interesting about the thing you bring up in, in Florida and the Parkland shooting and that whole situation is that's being perpetrated by conservatives, too. You know, so this is like going in two different directions. You know, you, you one would think that in Broward County, you know, but uh, it just goes to show you that a lot of this corruption is on both sides of the aisle. It's almost a bipartisan thing. Well, it's not bipartisan because there's only one party that's been ruling for a while, and that's the not anti-American one. These aren't conservatives. They're establishment Republicans. And you know what's funny is that I right. even wrote it in the article that the SPLC and Democratic, you know, uh, Democrats from, you know, Florida legislation were the ones saying, well, hold on a second. Something stinks here. Like, we shouldn't be doing this. What about trying? I can't believe that I'm saying it, that the SPLC spoke some sense. You know, the SPLC, whose president was just resigned and fired for being racist. Anyway, so they're making sense, and our Republicans aren't. And, you know, the fact that the state's attorney's office, the um, Florida um, law enforcement division, all of them collectively are trying to suppress the evidence. We have a judge that's yelling at the defense attorney who's like how am i going to defend him if i don't have discovery you know we have uh, well what's the sentence what is 
what is DeSantis doing about it? I don't know. And that's why I retweeted my article and asked him, what's going on, man? You know, what what is he doing? How is this happening? Because now that they failed to have a court say that they don't have to hand over things to the press, this is a violation of the First Amendment, right? Because the First Amendment isn't just about free mm-hmm. speech. It's about free press. And if you're limiting to what the public is allowed to know, that's a big deal. And, you know, it's all coming out of Broward County. Second Amendment attacks, First Amendment attacks. Fourth, you know, it's like they're trying to destroy our nation and it's all coming out of there in Florida. And yeah, government, Governor DeSantis needs to really get on because we can't have their government set the tone. And out of all things, obviously, David Hogg is tweeting, oh, it's 17 plus two that died now. And it's like, dude, while you're pushing your let's disarm America, we're all wondering, how'd you get into Harvard again? So we all need to right. focus on the micro scale, the macro scale, the whole witch hunt, the whole being held accountable is all coming down from these micro scales. If we can expose what happened in Parkland, we can expose what happened at the Pulse nightclub, Vegas, and even Sandy Hook and get some answers. Because out of Sandy Hook, what else did we learn? Not only that now that the father is actually in trial with Alex Jones over his Sandy Hook comments, you know, he can't even talk about Parkland shootings they'll be like oh so you're trying to say that all those children didn't die you know how dare you and you know that they actually can sue him for saying that they're suing him for saying that he he commits suicide and then we find out that the uh psychiatrist for the shooter was from where new zealand which was super weird did you Uh did you miss that one or did you know that did you no, know that? that? That the yeah, the shrink of the shooter. I didn't know about the New Zealand connection. Right? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I, like I just I happen to know that I happen to know the possessor was in New Zealand when that's you know, the stuff went down. But the other like, shooter. what are the odds? Right, but what are the odds that you know? for every mass shooter we suddenly have something going on with New Zealand? But anyway, poor Kiwis. The thing yeah. is, it's like how many times does something have to happen before it's a coincidence, right? It's like we're getting legislation right. across the nation being put forward by states that is incredible. We have Colorado that's decided, hey, no more electoral college. We're just going to give away the electoral college votes to the most popular. And so who cares what you voted for? We're not representing you. So what's the point of having a GOP and a DNC in Colorado <laughs> if there's, right. you know, well, their Washington delegates State won't? Where they said, <laughs> right. until, until, until Trump reveals five years of his taxes, He's not going to be put on our ballot. Right. So that's out of Washington state. So that's insane, too. And then we've got Oregon yeah. that says, hey, you know, um, starvation should be a mode of terminating life. And it opens yeah. up the box to anyone, not just like advanced directive, because I don't think you or I, no matter how terminally ill, would be like, yeah, starve me. I would never do that. I'd be like, <laughs> maybe, maybe be heavy on the heroin until a point where my heart can't take it anymore. No, so the further left you go, like Oregon is about as gr- granola crunchy as you can get. Oh my god! But gosh. that's where you would get crazy liberal starvation for men- mentally ill people. Just like, you know, the other group of class of people that can't defend themselves, infants, right? Little baby infants. Right. Uh, let's just uh, decide whether or not you, know, you could decide whether or not you want to kill them. Uh, and then and then the other same far left radical stuff is we're seeing this throughout Europe. And it's part of why the yellow vests are up in arms. But all these globalists are supporting, you know, that oh, there's no such thing as pedophilia. You should be able to sleep with uh, a 13 year old, even if you're 28. 
Well, actually, they lowered yeah, the age insane. of consent to 11 um, in France, and that's why they're up in arms. And now they want you to make sure that you send your kid at least by the age of three uh, to a public school or a private one. And, you know, the private ones are like, what, 50,000 euros a year? Like, who can afford that? No matter what. And if you don't put your child in a school environment by the age of three, guess what? You're going to jail. So this is why they're up in arms. It has, okay, taxes is one, but this is the stuff that they're working on. But remember, Sarah Palin talked about death panels and what happened in Oregon. And I know the article went viral and people need to pay attention is that now they have forfeited your right. Say you have a stroke and you can't make decisions for yourself and you, you know, reach out your kid takes over or your wife takes over. And the doctor says, well, don't worry, you know, they're going to stay like this, but um, maybe we can stop feeding them even with a feeding tube and they'll just waste away and die. But we'll keep them comfortable. How are you going to keep someone comfortable? No matter how crazy you are, how forgetful you are, how schizophrenic you are, how demented you are, how, you know, aphasia, aphasic you are, like that you can't speak correctly or coherently, you're still going to feel hunger. You're still going to feel the pain of your organs shutting down one by one, no matter how many drugs they give you, you're still going to feel it. And that is like the worst death possible. It's completely inhumane. And considering that they're trying to create state controlled health, here's where it comes down to. Hey, son, I know that you're like 21 years old, but the state won't cover your cancer treatment because it's just way too expensive. So they'll just make you comfortable. And when you're at a point that you can no longer think for yourself, they're just going to stop feeding you and you'll die. Or you could take your life, pick, and they smile about it. This is where we're at, where human life is down to dollars and cents. We saw it happen in England with that boy that was seeking treatment, and they said, it's too expensive, you're going to die, period. We're not paying for you to go overseas for experimental treatment for a young child. And this is what happens when socialism happens. So uh, the state of our nation is insane, uh, no moral compass, and the only way the president can fix it is by helping us help ourselves, I guess. I mean, th- think about it. They're, it's it's pretty insane, right? All this crazy legislation being passed. Oh, uh, totally. I mean, Hawaii asked for the Second Amendment to be repealed, like, completely. Did you see that document? Uh, that, that came out, like, two weeks ago. I was like, what is going on? What are they putting in the water making people crazy like this? What is going on is that the 60s radicals, the hippies of the 60s that did all the drugs, and, and the open free love, they're all leaders now. They're 60-something-year-old. They're all leading the world right now. They're running the show. It's these, you know, radical Yusef Islam, you know, uh, you know, Cat Stevens types that are now running the world, and they've raised a, a whole bunch of people uh, to be young adults right now that are also in control of the world. It was that influence that's actually infecting the world as we know it right today. Well, um, well, it's actually, yeah, they, they, they're at the final phase of this globalization plan. That's basically what it is. And it's, it's, it's pretty scary that people don't see it. And like I said in the first hour, the only reason that they're attacking the president with a global effort is because he's trying to empower every single country to say, you can break free. I'm no longer implementing, you know, this planetark rule by fist. Let's all rule together. Here, give me your hand. Let's help each other. Come on, let's do this. And right. they can't stand that because that's giving power back to the people. That's being giving power to each individual country. Exactly. And today, what he did with Israel, 
is is the first step. It's the first step. So, I mean, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? We've got Avenatti. So, obviously, from there, we're going to get Stormy Daniels, Kavanaugh, witnesses. That's all going to come back, too. I mean... Oh, I, you know what I think? I think we're going to find out where some of that Iranian nuclear money went. Because it, six $25 million payments went into the coffers of the Obama Foundation. And I guarantee you some of that money is going to be showing up in crowd justice. They, oh, my gosh. Finance Avenatti. I'm so you know, not your friend. Stuff. I'm not your friend because you have insider information on that because I did my FOIA request on that. Remember? So I'm waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm waiting for that because I did a FOIA, yeah. guys, and they're going to give me a checkbook list of all the money we've paid to foreign entities for the past five years. Tori is going to be breaking it down mm. slowly, slowly. Maybe I'll give some to some bigger <laughs> you know, news outlets, but maybe not because they're all compromised. They all yeah. have interests. So, uh, But yeah, that's exactly where we're getting at. We're going to be exposing them one clown at a time, and it always comes from... The minions, right? Even in the mafia, you take off their hitmen, right? Yeah. Well, and just look, I guarantee you, like you suggested, Trump learned a lot from the Cayman Islands this weekend. Right, right. Oh, wow. So I guess, I I guess, um, I guess someone's, I got cued again. Just now. Oh, you did? Yep. New Q drop was just sent to me. It says the only way to regain the trust, re-equal justice under the law Re-White House, re-Intel, re-FBI, re-DOJ, you know, reference Senate, reference Congress, um, and our government of the majority of the American people is to provide truth, transparency, and prosecution of all those who knowingly took part in this illegal manufactured effort, this attempted coup to take down the president of the United States. This is the great awakening, and that's exactly what I've been saying, that in order for us to get back to where we need to be, we need to prosecute them one clown at a time. And the only way we do it is through transparency. not with a special counsel. No, no, no. Exactly, exactly. The special counsel is just another black op, you know, and I don't trust Graham as far as, not even as far as I could throw him, you know, at all. Right. I, I don't trust him. I've said that from day one. Anything that comes out of his mouth is BS um, because he's flip-flopping on sides. We saw that at the Kavanaugh hearing, his battle cry too. Right. So um, what we need to see is that these indictments that are going to be coming, we're not going to get like, here's the FISA um, application and warrant. Here it is. It's going to be declassified line by line with every single indictment just to make those global nations, global Every single entity that took part in this sweat. So they either comply or we reveal. And I guess we have to reveal because Theresa May made her choice. Um, So, Scott, we only have like 45 seconds. I want you to tell everyone where they can find you and um, any closing statements on today. All right. Yeah. ScottAdamsShow.com is where you can hear my 8 a.m. live show. And also, I do three hours uh, terrestrially. Uh, you can also hear that by just going to scottadamshow.com. Of course, there's a Red State player on the Scott Adams Show website, so you can get both the best of both worlds. 
Excellent. And everyone, I will see you here t- tomorrow, um, same time, same place, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 on Red State Talk Radio. And keep in mind that everyone out there putting information, either that be Q, U, or, you know, uh, some alternative media or random blog, is there to help you see and make your own decisions. So we're all on the same team. From all of us here at Red State, where you're only going to get real factual news, God bless and have a great evening. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you, Scott, for joining me. Have a great evening. All right.